Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. In this episode, Lynn Baber speaks with Shaniqua White about only listening to God's voice when you are creating. Hi, this is Lynn Baber, and welcome to Creatively Christian. And I am so excited today to introduce you to my guest, Saniqua White. She's a licensed professional counselor and the owner of At The Table Counseling, where she works with clients through their concerns of anxiety, depression, trauma, grief, and other stressors. She is also a mental health strategist who coaches creatives, athletes, and ministers in building and maintaining the mental capacity to handle their platforms with excellence and to operate in their gifts for Christ. So Saniqua, welcome. I'm so thrilled to have you today. Thank you so much, Lynn. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. Oh my goodness. Uh, As we were just chatting a couple of minutes ago, I don't even know where to start with you because (laughs) it's if you're if you're listening on podcast, you can't see it. But if you're on YouTube, right behind Saniqua is this is this whole selection of books that she's written, and but she also has the most interesting. See, this is where you lose your work. specialty because she works with creatives. And Mm -hmm. Saniqua, how did you arrive in this place? Well, that is a, that is a truly God story because I was just basically minding my business, being a therapist of the things that I told you about depression, anxiety, um, work-life stress, things like that. But I started to notice a change in my practice where I was getting the creatives. Now that's not what they were coming in for. They were saying that they were depressed, anxious, and so on and so forth, but as we would start the treatment process, about three sessions in, I would begin to see that they had these gifts that they had buried for certain reasons. And so I started to see an influx of of these different people. I started calling them undercover creatives. Um, And so I asked God, well, I love these people, but why are they coming here? Because it's not something that I was promoting for or marketing to. So he said, because you're one of them, you know, when you have those conversations with God, you have to get ready for the answer. <laughs> and he said, you're one of them. So we, we talked about it and I asked them, well, what more? I feel like there's more that I'm supposed to do with them. And so that's how it began. But he's t- he told me my first novel, A Time to Heal, I had written it, but no one had seen it. He said, if you're going to help these creatives come from hiding, then you have to do it too. That is the real reason that I even published the first book. And then all the others came after that. So Saniqua, why were you hiding? I didn't think it was good enough. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I had some of the same issues that all of my creatives typically have. It's not good enough. It's my baby. It's my heart. I'm pouring myself out there because it was, it was a part of my own healing process as to the reason why I was writing it in the first place. And so 
I didn't want anybody to see something that was so personal and imperfect in my point of view. So I just, nobody saw it, but my mom. So that, that was it. And I had no intentions of publishing it after I wrote it, but then God said that I had to, so you have to be obedient. <laughs> and yes, so when you, get, when you get a message like that, it's not one you should ignore. Exactly. Exactly. So that's kind of what happened. And I think that that's really what launched me. They were already coming, but I didn't quite understand everything as to the reason why and what I was supposed to do with them until I launched my first book. And then I think God opened me up to writing and just getting it out there. I mean, I was always a writer, but not for the public not for anybody else to see. I was journaling. I was, you know, gathering and collecting my own thoughts and different things just in a way for, to help myself as well as to help other people, but more of a one-on-one -on -one thing with just my clients until he told me that. And it just opened the whole new world for me. I had no intention of working with creatives. I had no idea that I wanted to, or that I needed to. But, you know, when God gives you a niche, that's it. So you started working, well, you, you were working with creatives and it took you a while to understand that you were. Mm -hmm. So tell, tell us about some of the other kinds of creative people that you work with. Well, the majority of them are stylists, like hairstylists or clothing stylists. Um, I have a lot of writers, uh, some musicians, um, I also have ministers on one hand, I believe they have two gifts because to write a sermon or to speak in public, that is another oratory or a, a written gift as well. They also, many of them are musicians on the back end or their, their ministerial gift may take the forefront, but if you, most of them can sing, most of them can play an instrument. So they have kind of a double gift. Um, I also work with some athletes and they, I, I see them as creatives too. If you, if you watch sports and see the dance of, of the game, um, I look at them as, as creatives in that way. So those are my three main groups, athletes, uh, creatives, non-performing non and performing creatives, and then ministers of the gospel. So when you, when you look at the people, you know, you look at the place you were in and mm -hmm. maybe where some of those people listening today are in, what are some of the commonalities you see, you've seen and what are a couple of things that, that you suggest that will help them, I don't know, get unstuck, break through, uh, believe if not in themselves and the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, what, what are some of those commonalities? Well, many of us and them have had someone or something in our life kind of deter us from the gift, either, oh, you can't make money with that. Oh, you're not good enough with that. Oh, you know, who, who does that? You know, people don't really do that. You have to know somebody, you know, all those things that people tell us usually coming from our own family members and friends, unfortunately, but there's a lot of negative talk um, that, that are, that's common throughout the, the creative spectrum. 
But what I would tell them is that you are who you are and you are who God created you to be because that thing, no matter how deeply you try to bury it, it's not going to die. It doesn't die. It just gets covered up sometimes. And so if you can be courageous enough to go ahead and uncover it, you will be so much happier. I tell people all the time that the further away that you get from your gift, the more unhappy you will be, the depression sets in, the anxiety sets in. So a lot of my clients come to me and they just think that they're just depressed because of this or that, or they're anxious because of not knowing what the future holds. And yes, that is true. But a big part of my creatives is that the, the gift is bothering them. It won't leave them alone. It wants to be expressed. And so they feel anxious about it, or they feel it may even depress them because they're trying to suppress it because of all the other voices in their heads and not voices meaning that something's going on with them, but their parents' voices or an auntie's voice or the voice of maybe even the church sometimes, unfortunately. So I, what I focus on with them is I tell them, if, if you removed all of those other voices and you could only hear yours and God's, what would, what would you be doing? How difficult is that for them to answer that question? It's usually very difficult. At first, they give me the deer in headlights look like, well, where did that come from? And then that's something that we can process because they've never been asked that question. Most people who are talking to you or at you, they, they just want you to do what they're telling you to do. So they haven't had the opportunity of somebody saying, well, what do you really want? what is really in your heart or what does God say about it? Can you hear his voice above the others? You know, I think you made just a wonderful, wonderful point. And I thank you for that. I think um, everybody's, whether they're, they would think of themselves a creative or not, they felt this restlessness within them. You know, Mm -hmm. you, you know, I just, there's some change I have to make. I just know there's something, but I don't know what it is. And mm-hmm. so it's, I don't know if you'd call it an energy, but it's, it's just this unsettled or it, it says something needs is going to change or something needs to change. Mm-hmm. But I can, having, you know, felt that myself a few times, mm-hmm. I now know, okay, I know God's bringing some change. And mm-hmm. I just have to look for it and go with it. But for mm-hmm. people that they feel this restlessness, and I love how you said you have to let the gift come out because it's not going to go away. Yes. And that is so great. So you help people recognize mm-hmm. if I'm understanding, that they have this restlessness, but then to maybe to celebrate it makes sense or just know how to walk it forward. Yes, yes, both of those to celebrate it and to to walk it out, to to bring it back up to the forefront. Because what I typically started doing was I would always have my clients give me three positive coping skills that you can use on any 
given day because of your depression, anxiety, or whatever that is. But I would ensure that once we found out what the gift was, that that was one of the coping mechanisms. Okay, so if you're a writer, then I need you to use journaling or writing as one of your coping mechanisms. If you're a singer songwriter, I need you to just sing, wake up in the morning and sing good morning to everyone. Even if you don't have any other words, if you haven't written any songs lately, sing some other songs by other musicians, but you have to use it and use it to pull you through and out of the things that you're fighting, the depression, the anxiety, let the gift pull you through it, use it. So am I hearing correctly that sometimes this anxiety or what we would think of as depression Mm -hmm. is really this restlessness. And when people Mm -hmm. don't have an outlet or they can't direct this, which, if you don't understand it, it could be an uncomfortable energy. Yes. And some people then will find other ways to handle that that are not healthy ways. Exactly. And that's why I always insist that they use, they give me positive because you can go negative very easily with with the coping mechanisms. You can turn to drugs and alcohol and sex, which a lot of my creatives do, or you've even seen some of the, the major pop stars. That's kind of where some of them end up going, because I think a big part of it is that when you get to a certain level, other people are telling you how to use your gift. No, we want you to sing this kind of music, or we want you to write this, or we want you to play this position on the team instead of the position you feel you're gifted at. So sometimes somebody tries to take control of your gift, which can cause some of those other feelings, the nervousness, the depression, the anxiety. And so I also work with those who have made it to certain levels to get to where they can make, start making more of their own decisions about their gift so that they don't go into the negative coping strategies. Something that I, that I have run into myself and then I've seen with other people is where you believe the Lord is saying, I've given you this gift. And I like to think about it is um, the, the parable of the owner and where Jesus gave different talents mm-hmm. to, to his servants and said, I, I'm giving you this talent because I want you to multiply it. Mm-hmm. Because then I'm going to come in and said, what did you do with the talent that I gave you? But mm-hmm. there's this tension for, for some people between what we, what our spirit says we should do with the gift mm-hmm. and what the business world says we should do with the gift because, exactly. but your gift could help so many more people if you do A and you think, oh, well, it would be then selfish of me to mm-hmm. do, so how do you handle that? That is, that is a tough one because you, you, you are on this balance beam at that point. God is on one side and there's a safety net there, a real one. On the other side of the balance beam, there's a perceived safety net. 
So they're telling you now, now this is at the point where other voices are louder maybe than the voice of God. Cause sometimes that's a still small voice and the other ones are more in your face sometimes. And so you tend to lead and go toward the perceived safety net because that's where everybody is because that's where the money is. And that's what, you know, our society pop culture is all about is the money and the fame. But people will tell you that the money and the fame, yeah, it's fun for a couple of seconds. You can only buy so many houses, cars, trips, and then the problem comes back in. You still are not operating in the, in the gift in the way that you were created to operate in it. And so what I would tell my clients is, hey, let, let's you and I get still. Let's you and I pray about it. I know you've been trying to hear. Let's see what, if God will come into us right here, if the Holy Spirit will come into us right here so that we can hear what he would have to say about it. Then it becomes an obedience issue. Are you going to be obedient to the Holy Spirit or are you going to be tugged into this direction? And what I have to tell them is that, okay, you might be making millions of dollars over here, but what about the millions of souls that you could be responsible for or assigned to over here that may not hear you in this avenue, possibly where all the money is, where you think it is, but the money, is it gonna ultimately give you that rest, that peace? Are you following the peace of the gift? And that's huge. That is, I, oh my goodness, that is Sonequa. I was, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about the broad path. It's well-lighted. Yeah. Everybody's there. It's always party time. Or yes. the narrow path that leads to the gate that Jesus Christ opened. Absolutely. When, when you bring this up, now, is everybody you work with a, a person uh, who believes in Jesus Christ? On that side, yes, because that is my specific niche. On the therapy side, not so, not always. About I would say about 80% are, are Christian. But on the strength, the mental strength side, yes, they are. So when you bring up, when you, when you all of a sudden lay this thing called obedience on the table, what uh -huh. response do you get? Whew. It, <laughs> that's literally what they do, like, because they, they can feel the, the, the tug and the pull. So they know that they're fighting against God at that point. And it's just a breath like they they're they're happy I think in one sense where they know okay I am still connected to God I have not lost that because I can feel it but there is that other side of do I do what everybody else that I can see is wanting me to do sometimes they struggle with am I really hearing right or is God in this one because it, it it looks like it looks like 
it can do a whole lot of good. So the obedience thing is tough because God is not forceful. There, there's a tug, there is a pull that you can feel, but it's, it's not going to be an enforcement. You still get to choose. And sometimes the, the weight of the choice being yours is heavy. It comes down to your relationship because, yeah, I, I can understand. I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing, you know, which, which voice, there's a voice here and there's a voice here. And, you know, on my mm-hmm. right shoulder, there's a voice and the other ear has, is listening to this other voice. Mm-hmm. And, and it's only through prayer and, and asking for the place of peace Yes, where the restlessness begins to go away because you're you're stepping in the direction and God, that's one of the ways he says, yes, good for you. You're going the right way because you the pressure, it's almost like the valve is opened. Yeah. So I want to ask you about this. I noticed that that part of your practice is called at the table counseling. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear what that means. Well, when I was trying to come up with a name, I had a friend of mine who was a, a, a business guru and he was literally just talking and he happened to be sitting at a table. So he said at the table, but he said a, another, you know, a few other names as well. But as soon as he said that one, that struck me because for me at the table was about Jesus and the Last Supper and what he had at the table. And so that's the one I chose. So he didn't mean it in that way, but when he said it, that's what hit me. Yeah, it's interesting. I looked at that and I have used an illustration at sometimes that we come to a table so many times and there's almost an adversarial position because there's somebody on one side of the table. And if they happen to own the table, when you come up, you're almost, you know, in a subservient position just to be there. There there seems like Mm -hmm. an immediate hierarchy, but when Mm -hmm. you both sit on the same side of the table, it's Mm -hmm. it's when you have the same goal that, I mean, Mm -hmm. for me working in the Christian space, I don't have to, they don't have to believe me in anything because it all goes back to, but this is God's word. Yes. And, and so if we all, if we, if we share the same truth, it's easier to move forward. Yes. And I think of my table as a round one with a lazy Susan in the middle. I like that. I like (laughs) that. We're, we're, we're working and there's pressure because if this is an assignment from God, then there's no pressure. All we have to do is obey and he will open the doors. If it's, if it's resources that you're worried about, well, God is not going to send you on an assignment without the resources. So those are the kind of things that we can get into when we talk about the fears that they have to the obedience or disappointing someone because they don't want to go in the direction that pop culture or whoever says that they should go into. Think about us being back at our table, at our round table, where Jesus is there 
with us and he has given you an assignment. He has people, specific people for you in particular to reach. He's going to open the doors. He's going to do the heavy lifting. All you have to do is walk. Mm. Uh, yes, action. You know, if you think about so many times in the Bible, it says, arise and, and eat to Elijah. Arise mm -hmm. to Abraham, walk before me. To mm -hmm. Moses, there's no promise other than I will be with you. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. I, I love that. How important, Sonequa, is it for someone, you know, if they're caught between the voices of family or business associates, and mm -hmm. then when they recognize that the Holy Spirit's voice is saying something else, mm -hmm. is it important for them to find someone to walk with that supports them over here or community or fellowship there. Yeah. How do you, how do you uh, help your people with that? Yes. So the, the relationship between, you know, us, them and myself is a good start. And so then we talk about where the support is. If they don't have it at all, then we find it. I created kind of a small group here where I am called cathartic. And what that is, is a support group of other creatives who we just make it a safe place. So if you don't have family, friends, or your own church home, then you can come there and just meet other people who are basically in the same boat. I pray that that thing gets bigger or that we can connect with other people or places or you know, units in other areas where our creatives will have that anywhere they are. But that is very, very supportive, that, that um, important that we have that support system of like-mindedness and those who have the mind of Christ for that purpose. So absolutely. Oh, that is fabulous. Hopefully somebody is listening who, yes. may, who may think that, oh, I would like a cathartic group myself or to find some way to connect with you. And there will be a way in the show notes to connect with Sonequa, because I think for many of you, she's just speaking to, to some of those difficulties and tensions and pressures that I think every creative person has at one time or another, or yes. many times. So I noticed um, Sonequa that you also in your website, close to this area where you talk about cathartic, you talk about craft coaching. Mm -hmm. Is that something mm -hmm. different? Well, that's kind of what I was mentioning earlier, where I, we used their gift in order to pull them through whatever the crisis or whatever the concern or issue was. So I used their craft as a part of the coaching process. And then we begin to build on that because what I want them to walk away from our relationship with is a strategy. When you get out there in the world, trying to put your gift, a creative gift that comes from God in a world that doesn't see God most of the time in the same way that you do, you need a strategy because Things will not stop coming at you. Life will not leave you alone so that you can get this done. 
So craft coaching is a part of their strategy where they use their gift, especially if they're finding themselves currently in the world where they're being pulled in a different direction than where God is having them to go to where maybe they get in the studio or their office or room or whatever platform they, they have by themselves and sing the songs that they want to sing, write what they want to write, and they still can use the gift. It may not be something produced by this record company or published by this you know, book publishing company, but it's something that eventually they can, they may be able to get done, but I don't want them to let those things sit and fester inside because that's where some of the problems keep arising. If so, you turn all of that inward, then it causes problems for you. So it still needs to come out. It just may be that nobody gets the privilege of seeing that yet. So what I'm hearing you saying is, no matter what your circumstance is today, whatever that gift is, that thing that grows inside you and it, it presses outward, mm-hmm. every day acknowledge it, exercise it, even if mm-hmm. that's not what people are expecting from you today. Does that, does that yes. Yeah. Okay, we have just a couple of minutes left, Sonequa. Could you kind of just share a, a last thought or suggestion with our audience and then tell them where they can find you? Absolutely. Well, what I would say to all of my, my favorite groups out there, creative artists, non-performing, performing athletes and ministers is Find a way, intentionally find a way to be you authentically and genuinely. If it's not on your platform yet, be in prayer that God will open the door that you can use the platform that you have to operate in the gift in the way that he would have you to operate in the way the people that you would reach, the people that he would have you to reach and be open that maybe the platform that you're currently on is not the one you're going to remain on or in. Be open to whatever God has because it's going to be good. Don't feel like you're going to lose if you go with God. You're going to win. It's going to be good. It is. But where you can find me, I'm under Sonequa J. White on all social media platforms. That is also my website and my email, Sonequa J. White. And you have an interesting spelling. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it spelled right between behind Sonequa's head. If you're listening, just pop on over to the show notes and jot it down or get the link or visit Sonequa's site because, oh my goodness, for anyone who has a creative gift or especially if you're in the moment where you're feeling that bubble inside you and it's not, and it's not comfortable, I, oh man, I'm, Sonequa, thank you so much. You, you have such a, a message. It's powerful and it's simple. It's, yes. Wow. Um, I just, I knew you were going to be so good. And I'm just so happy that, that you had time to share with us today. So 
Audience, thank you so much. Use your, I'm just going to feed it back from Sonequa. Absolutely. Exercise your gift every day because one day Jesus is going to say, how have you multiplied what I gave to you? So Sonequa, thank you so much. You. I, I just so appreciate your time and God bless you in, in the work that you do. You too. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening today. To see the show notes where we put resources mentioned in this episode, you can head over to theophanymedia.com forward slash white. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Bill Brooks, and Lynn Baber. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Our music is by Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer. And remember, if you enjoy this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a blessed day and keep on creating for our Lord.